Welcome to the Filming the Unfilmed podcast. I am Ducko. Yes, indeed. Uh, Unfortunately, Max is not here today. Max is on vacation a little bit, which is fine. You know, it's the summer still. But we do have a special guest today. Introduce yourself. Hello, it's me, Psydude, associate of Channel Awesome. I'm very glad to be here. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, how's it like, how's it like work? Okay, don't worry about it. I was about to ask, I was about to ask you how's it like working with Doug Walker, but you clarified it was, a, it was exactly a, how, I probably responded how exactly it was in the kick-ass yeah. Oh my god. That's well. was fucking in Bison. That oh being said, this episode's not about sound critic sadly he already has a bunch of films this is about uh favorite fucking anime slash manga soul eater yeah we got soul eater today last episode was a video game first episode was a sitcom now we got anime manga let's explain what soul eater is first soul eater is set at death weapon meister academy or dwma for short located in the fictional death city in nevada of the united states uh, insert madness combat joke here. The school oh, is run by a Shimagani, also known as Death, as a training facility as humans with the ability to transform into weapons as well as builders of weapons called Meisters. Dead in the school are Mark Albon, a side partner of Soul Eater, Soul Evans, Soul Eater is a nickname, Assassin Blackstone and their partner Tatsubaki, which I fucking hope I'm saying that right, who can transform into uh, various ninja weapons and the Shimagatsu's son, Death the Kid, in a Pistol partners, uh, Liz and Patty Thompson. The skull, the goal of the school meisters is to have the weapon absorb uh, the souls of 99 evil humans and one witch, which dramatically increases the weapon's power and turns into death size used by the Shimigami. And, um, and these evil humans are generally called Kishins, which I hope I'm also mm. saying right. Uh, the main antagonists of the series include Medusa, who is uh, who serves as the main uh, sort of serves as like the main villain's driving force for a while uh, they have their child Krona who is an antagonist for a bit but then turns good uh, the path depends on what version you're consuming in the manga it's they go back to being bad because Medusa uh, forces them to and there's a mind wipe and whatnot and they also uh, spoiler alert kill Medusa and uh but in the uh, and they absorb the the main main big bad boy Azra, who is the first Kishin, who nearly plunges the world into madness, and you know Krona sort of becomes the final boss for a bit, until Azra comes out to be the real final boss. And there's also uh, Frankenstein, who is not a villain; he's actually a teacher who's pretty epic, and also the spirit Alban, who's Mark's dad. I like him as well. There you uh, go. So I suppose we'll get into our histories with Soul Eater. You can talk for a little bit about that. You already mentioned it's a big favorite of yours. I knew Soul Eater existed for a long time. Uh, my mind would my mind would just sort of confuse it together with like vaguely other gothic anime into like one because I didn't really knew anything about it. I just knew it was a gothic looking show. 
it left my mind for a while afterwards. I gained interest in it when when Chrono was revealed for Death Battle. Uh, oh, yeah. Keep in mind, this was not the Venom versus Chrono reveal. This is when all the characters were being teased for Season 7. Fun fact, when I first saw Chrono on screen, I thought that was Marco. Which is, oh, boy. Which is, a bit, which is a bit silly. I think one day I just sort of decided to check that show out because I was just sort of interested in the show. So I did, and it eventually became my favorite, like, anime manga series. Oh, well, there so, you so go. Passing uh, and Norstar. Which is pretty neat. Favorite character is Corona, which is obvious to anyone who knows me. Oh, there you go. What's your experience with the with the uh, the funny show, Ducko? Well, I actually have some experience. I haven't seen or read the whole show. However, it reminds me of Friends in High School because those were the ones that introduced me to it, and I watched and read a few bits of it with them. I remember some of the characters, some of the basic premises. You'll see that. Mine kind of strays loosely from it, but we'll see what happens here. Has there been anything like a Soul Eater movie before? Like, what's the closest it's gotten to having a movie? Um, I don't think it's ever had anything close to a movie. It did have a spin-off series called Soul Eater Not, which I haven't seen yet, but that's just probably because I'm not interested in it. I didn't read the parts of it, at least. I didn't read the the parts of the anime adapted. There you go. Because uh, because uh, I'm not I'm not like I'm not like one of those people that like, gets like super duper mega dedicated to things I enjoy. I'm a bit too lazy for that. Ah, uh, oh well. Well, still. It doesn't mean I'm a fraud. Don't worry. Oh uh, boy. It did have a. It did also have a drama CD, an art book, and free video games. But again, there's nowhere near a film. I don't even know if there's like an OVA or anything. Which is an original uh, video think- animation. I'm explaining that. I don't. I don't believe there was an OVA. No. Yeah, I'm just explaining that for in just case someone out there doesn't know. I suppose. I wouldn't say Solidarity is like obscure, but it isn't like as super popular as other shows. I bet some people weren't expecting this to be the first anime series to be on filming the unfilmed. Well, yeah. To be fair, though. As far as like a lot of popular animes go, they do all technically have a movie of some sort. Yeah, my second favorite Fist and All Star has like several films. Yeah, Evangelion has a few. Although I'm not really into Evangelion anymore, I think. Oh well. Well, with all that, I think we should just get into our pitches, so to speak. Do you want to go first, or do you want to hear my stuff first? I'll go first. I have a few pitches, but one of them is mainly just a hypothetical scenario. It isn't really like a pitch or anything. It's fine. My first one is primarily a sort of hypothetical what if, like, a Soida movie was real and how I think it would have been approached. And just like, and if it was like a not well made film, I suppose. I don't uh, know. I don't imagine Soida, if he got a film, it would have gotten like a. Like a Dragon Ball treatment where it would like try to expand the world or whatnot. I think it would just more so just be another adaptation of the manga or something. Just sort of mm-hmm. like, or maybe the movie could just be like, just sort of exist to advertise just the anime or something. I don't know. But what I had written down was that the overall concept is obviously the same with a little changes, and it's overall based on like the first twenty-four episodes of the anime series. Can't the whole thing in there and they would just focus on the anime series because that's more popular i believe that's what most people know yeah there would be like changes because i i would imagine like a lot of events and arcs and whatnot being 
skimmed through or not even focused on at all due to the limited runtime. The most important characters would still be around, like Marker and Saul would obviously stay the main characters. Starting Death the Kid, Blackstar, Prona, Medusa, even Lord Death maybe would probably still stay as well since they're major players. Azro at most would just probably be an end credit scene or mid credit scene. Yeah. Just like a teaser second film that will never come out. Because in this hypothetical scenario, I wouldn't imagine it's getting a sequel. Alright. First you said like the basic approach you had to it. I'm I'm looking at the doc here. You said that was the bad one, I guess. Or have you not gotten to that? So just like mediocre, just like it's not super fateful, I don't think. Again, this is most like a hypothetical one. This was not really like a pitch I would bring up to a studio i don't think I, I suppose i can say what episodes the acts probably be based on all right i listed first act being one four five six and seven second act being 12 13 15 and 16 and the third act just primarily being 20 to 24 previously mentioning the fact that events and would be skimmed through and characters being cut like uh-huh. uh, excalibur i imagine would probably be cut from this version because in some anime film adaptations, characters would be cut. Like in the Fist and Lost movie, I believe Toki was cut from there. So we only had uh, Jaggy and Rao as the brothers. The good one I have listed down here is primarily just taking what the manga didn't adapt. Because if you are aware of Soda, you, are, uh, you would know that the anime goes into a different direction than the manga. And so I thought, like, primary pitch would just be like animating the parts of the manga that were adapted mm. essentially if i wanted like a longer film the mad blood two dark side of the moon arcs would be fine but if you if you want it to be shorter then i guess war on the moon to dark side of the moon would be permanently all right would it sync um, up to the pink floyd album just have that in credits or something all right yeah i also had an idea for just doing a short film if this hypothetical situation that would that wouldn't be in, of interest of the people I would be pitching this to, part of the manga I would make a short film of would be uh, Volume Twenty, Chapter Eighty Seven, uh, which is a simple story about killing people. This is a spoiler alert for people who haven't read the manga, where Chrono describes a story they were told when I was a child, basically explaining the numerous ways of like killing people and like if they, the things they can't understand are things they have to kill things they have to erase and whatnot. Basically, Krona gets, uh, goes a bit mad because uh, Medusa forced them to give up. The fine life they had, uh, they had at the fucking... I like in the anime, fucking bitch Medusa. She um, uh. basically has Krona do like a heel turn and just like, come back to a villain and just forces mind wipe on them. So the whole like redemption thing that happened in the anime didn't really happen. Krona goes a bit mad. She fucking murders do so uh dear which could lead to some uh uh, clamation i suppose i see the last thing on here is uh crossover which is i assume yeah i had a i had an idea for a i had an idea for a crossover pitch because i thought the one in family matters was funny i kind of want to hear your little thing which i imagine would be more concise than what i've just said because i had my one which love going back in my word what i gotta say it has been a while since I've actually seen Soul Eater, personally. I'm interested. But if I were tasked with making it into a film, I think the story is better suited to an episodic format, but I have 
vague ideas on how to do it because like the condensing thing just I mean, sounds like I, I i assume that this was just like filming on films is just movies i imagine yeah it's just it's just a movie although the condensing thing it could lead to something like last airbender unfortunately but i have other things i have imagine other ro- imagine a last airbender i think that's i think uh Max was originally going to join before the whole vacation thing happened, and I think yeah. his pitch was just basically going to be a last end Airbender version of Solida, which I would have loved to hear about because I mentioned Adam Sandler as Lord Death, which is perfect. Oh uh, boy, I would say mine is like if you know about how they made an anime of Witchblade or something. Mine is like a reverse of that in a way. My idea is that doing a direct adaptation of an anime or manga for the U.S. and Western market is mostly a failed endeavor for whenever I've seen it. My pitch for like uh, just animating the parts of Solida that weren't adapted to the anime were just more so like I'd imagine it just being like an anime yeah. film that like is primarily for the Solida community. That is, yeah, that's more straightforward. I since I've been mostly raised in Western like, culture, Dragon Ball films are for Dragon sorry. Ball fans. Yeah, sorry about. This. We, I'm sorry we keep. Ah, sorry. I've mostly been raised in Western culture, aside from living in Korea and having Pacific Islander family I visited. So I am partially not western but i've mostly been raised in west culture but that's the main point so i'm probably better off trying to do this differently in a way maybe i know you weren't like a sort of expert so i was interested in how you would adapt it and like what interpretation you would give i have like way too long of a diatribe at here at first the only western anime adaptations i can think of that pulled it off to a reasonable degree are speed racer which went for it by still being a cartoon just about and maybe the guyver I've heard it has like mixed receptions, but it's pretty much just like a American B movie that they made, which is pretty much just the concept of high school student finds biomech armor and fights alien monsters who secretly run a corporation, but in America with different characters. Although right. you said Soul Eater was in Nevada and not Japan, despite being made by Japanese people, but still. Yeah, no, Soul Eater takes place in uh, America. So yeah, so technically, I am not straying away from that part now that I think about it. But then again, the, the approach of just it's like... More burgers and McDonald's in the Oh my screen. goodness. There they should have been at the slot machine since they're in Nevada. Or they should have seen some aliens. Anyways, I also realized that the approach of just taking it and putting it in the U.S., typical U.S. area, sort of failed with Dragon Ball, Death Note, and Fist of the North Star. But then again, they also tried to pretend like they were the exact same characters, in a sense. They also keep trying to do an American Akira, which is... Akira is so tied to Japanese history and identity that it's kind of ridiculous to do a Western one that isn't heavily reworked. Like, you'd have to, like, think about, like, okay, what is our cultural versions equivalents of these sorts of things i must say this is already more interesting than my segment <laughs> oh i'm sorry no, it's, fine. it's fine uh don't worry yeah, about I like, it I like, I like hearing about this and if we want to go to animation the the western version of the western movie version of a japanese cartoon that i can think of is astro boy which is okay i guess the only part of that movie I remember at all is that, like, it 
vaguely has a similar story to Astro Boy's like original manga and the whole like I have guns in my butt joke. Oh boy. I will grant though that there are good or at least decent movie adaptations of anime and manga. However, most of those are from Japan directly. I suppose that goes towards proving my point. But you know what? I'm yeah, sticking. American studios, they want to like mainly target like American audiences, while Japan is like, you know, we're, we're actually, we're just going to like, we're gonna, like an attempt to try. Yeah, so that said, I'm sticking to my guns for this. Mostly because it'll be probably very different from what else is getting pitched. So yeah, sure, that's go ahead. Just, just, just the, take take the scene where the phrase goes. The big diatribe out of the way. This adaptation will basically take the concept of school for Grim Reapers and their partner turns into a weapon, and do something else with it for better or worse. However, almost none of the characters from the original will be involved, which is very good. It won't like mislead people. This won't just seem Ooh. like. I took a is script. This, an, is this is an alternate universe. Uh, this won't just seem like I took a script with a vaguely similar presence and then I sold it off of like another thing's name. No, three. But, but anyways, okay. So I'm, I'm going to introduce you. So Emily is some vaguely goth altish girl who goes to community college, but she's had an interest in the macabre for a while playing with Ouija boards, collecting items with skulls on them and such, studying hauntings, murders. Perfect. I think American studios would love your idea already. Oh boy, and other mysterious deaths and potentially supernatural events. Her main degree at school is psychology, though. She keeps being talked to by a mysterious person who keeps trying to recruit her for, quote-unquote, a greater purpose. She keeps trying to avoid them and get on with her life, dismissing them as a cultist weirdo, but they're very persistent. So she's walking home one day, and she sees this person again. At first, she's exasperated, but then she notices they're standing on the train tracks. Then she sees them get hit by a train. This, understandably, disturbs her, even with her interest in spooky shit. Someone actually died right in front of her. I like how you specified, even though she's into spooky shit, like, like death could have possibly been, like, be a part of that. Uh, she doesn't want to actually see somebody die right in front of her. I, know. <laughs> I don't know why, I just found that funny. <laughs> so, but, it turns out that's just her initial impression, because the train passes, and she sees this person get up from the train tracks and just readjust their neck and dust themselves off. Oh, they go, okay. oh my god, well, I, you'll see. They, they go up to introduce themselves and shake Emily's hand. Hi, I'm Sam. We've been looking at your skills and resume, and we've determined you'd be right for the job. Let's get you to training and orientation. Emily doesn't say anything and seems to back away. Oh, right. Uh, goes, holy shit, you survived a fucking train running into you. Oh, boy. Oh, right. This is all very new to you. Well, anyone can be a Grim Reaper, but you've seen death up close, and I would actually say you're taking it better than most. That's about it, really. Come with me. Before she can question anything, she's brought into a portal to the underworld. She's introduced to all the people around the training academy and the other workers of the force. There are people here who can deal with death in some way. There's a medical professional... Someone under witness protection who people don't really know the name of. Someone from a war-torn country, a forensic detective, coroners, cemetery workers, all those kinds of people. They're all chosen for these particular reasons to help others with death as well as collect souls into the afterlife. After being introduced, Emily takes on a simple mission with Sam to collect a recently deceased soul as well as acclimate them to the afterlife and send them on their way to essentially heaven, though 
I'm unsure whether the afterlife in this is the same as any religion or mythology's exact versions, but still, there's I like, like how you just take the whole Grim Reaper aspect. It's like, oh, they they help them move on to the afterlife instead of the weapons just boring the souls. The souls they void is usually the Kishin, you know, not innocent people. Yeah, I talk a little bit about that later on. So Emily, she sees Sam turn into a scythe, and that's. I suppose not the most disturbing thing she's seen today, but she's also surprisingly good with using a scythe as a weapon. She explains that she lives on a farm. That's what that's her explanation. Brilliant. Uh, so we go on for a bit to show that Emily, while she isn't at all used to this yet, is at least somewhat skilled in both comforting lost souls and collecting the ones who have done harm. I assume farmers are popular with this little uh, recruitment scheme. Yeah, because they, yeah, they can use scythes or, well, there's other weapons probably. Like, we'll probably show off, like, different weapons. Like, Oh, people yeah, that... obviously, because it's not just scythes. It's, like, they use other shit. Yeah. We sh guns is a big example. Yeah, there's guns. There's probably, somebody probably, like, turns into a baseball bat, sure, or, like, brass knuckles or boxing gloves. Who knows? We can just experiment with that. But anyways, the other reason that a team has to be assembled is that there's an underworld business owner who's basically trying to absorb all aspects of the afterlife into a conglomerate, both, like, good and bad. They're collecting and using the powers of souls for their own personal gain. The group's big fight at the end would be with the conglomerate and all their agents, essentially. Like this is a, obviously a stand-in for Azra. Yeah, to an extent... His name, I imagine his name would also be in a Vene. It could be... Alexander, just like a really, really normal person name. It's something you wouldn't expect. Oh my goodness. Well, that's quite a coincidence if people know me, but... I would it... have gone with Adam, but like, you already mentioned Heaven, like, the afterlife in your version, so I, I don't want to imply religion implication. Alan, let's call him Alan. Perfect. All right. He's Alf. Alf. <laughs> It's, oh. it's just it's just Alf Gordon Shumway. Oh my god. He's not even giant. He's normal sized fucking puppet ass elf. He's the main villain. Oh my goodness. But anyways. The, eat all your cats. So the group's big fight at the end would be with the conglomerate. And after several heated moments mid-battle, it seems to stop as we hear that Sam is the child of the CEO who broke off from them. We hear about why they drifted apart, and Sam tries to reason with them, hoping there's at least some humanity left in their parent, Alan. It would be their father, in this case. But it basically ends in Sam getting severely injured, possibly dying. So it's like Kylo Ren and Han Solo, I suppose. Sam seems to be a combination between uh, uh, Saul Evans and Death the Kid, which I think is pretty neat. Uh, yeah, also, well, I'll explain to you another aspect in the end. Uh, so... Anyways, Emily, along with the rest of the team, they go ballistic on the CEO. And as it seems the CEO is defeated, Emily goes back to Sam while the, the rest of the team just wails on Alan. They just throw him on the ground and they just kick him a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. So Sam is nearly dead, and that doesn't seem right, given what Emily saw earlier. But Sam explains that it works differently here than in the realm of the living, that those who deal in death can seriously harm each other. Emily panics for a bit, but then eventually figures to bring Sam back to the realm of the living. This gives Sam some health back, but the attack was devastating, meaning that Sam will have to take a break from their managerial duties. Emily reluctantly accepts a role as a leader, while also still trying to go to college. The balance of this can be troublesome, but the ending of the film seems hopeful that she can pull it off, showing that she still has promise, even if there's a ways to go.
Is there like a little uh, gotcha moment at the end, of the, like end credit scene that hints at a sequel, or is it just uh, like a one off? So end credit scene. We don't know if this is gonna get a you sequel can, yet. You can just like give out another character equivalent. The end credit scene I would put in would be some sort of implication that the actual Soul Eater exists in the same world somehow. More so like the original Soul Eater universe. Yeah. So like maybe I'd so, like so, uh, so like Ashra would be shown or something. Or like they would see on the TV, like Sam would be watching something on TV uh, about like some mysterious happening in Nevada and like things like that, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I I know what that's all about, sure." And they maybe, Ooh. or maybe they would be in a meeting with Death from Soul Eater. It turns out there's a multiverse, and they could eventually buff uh, Soul Eater to multiverse, so it'll be very nice because oh. everyone wants everyone to be Harold, right? Oh my goodness, uh, all this versus stuff. Oh dang. Then, they have, then the manga has a DC Comics crossover and DC scanning, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my very loose version of Soul Eater. Sam, you mentioned two characters that Sam is partially like. However, I also thought of them in the back of my head. You notice I kept referring to Sam as they. Uh, oh! Okay, it's like a okay, so it's and, like Death Kid Salmon Chrono into one. Yeah, and they have an estranged relationship with their villainous parent as well. Oh, okay, I, I I should have realized that. Yeah, so the several aspects, however, it's a different character. I, I mean, you mentioned like that they were being a group, so I imagine like there'll be like a version of Black Star there. Could be, like, yeah, but team. I I don't know. What would be his very normal ass boring name? I Harry think Stevens, that's his name. they should have done somewhat of this with Death Note so as to not have like Light Turner or whatever, but just be like, okay, we have the basic premise of somebody finds a book you can write the names of people down in that kills them, and then there's like a whole murder mystery with that. I would not have gone with friggin' Light Turner and trying to be like, oh, this is a version of Death Note directly. That's this is. I don't know how people would respond to a Soul Eater in only in name and some vague premises, but still, this is my one. I imagine it would one. cause probably like a bit of fan outcry for a bit, but I think it probably would hurt the film's chances of being enjoyed by the fan base itself. Yeah. I think eventually some, there'll be like a video essay on it, it'll be like, this movie is a hidden gem or something. Oh, like boy. Five hours long. Oh, well, there you go. Hello, this is Ducko speaking after the fact. So I went on a bit long. What I'm going to do is release the uncut, like no cuts even, version of us trying to do the pitch by itself. The crossover pitch. Be sure to check us out still on Galaxy Video. Check out Psy, Psy Dude, anywhere he's at especially YouTube with his death battle trailers. And I hope you have a good day. Sorry to cut this one short, but yeah, this one ended up way longer than all the other ones. All right. Well, still, where can people check you out, side dude? Uh, YouTube. All right. Well, thank you again this for coming on. the only real site that makes content I'm active. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah.
Uh, no, that's all right. Thank you again for coming on, and uh, we'll see you next time for another Filming the Unfilmed. We'll have both this and the extended version out later. So bye for now. <laughs>